Oh my god, I went to IMDb. Walter has grown up. Gonna have to look at it now. I mean, he's not gorgeous, but all of a sudden I was like, who is this middle-aged man? <laughs> this movie is 29 years old. <laughs> right. In a world. In a world. In a world. Where tomorrow's blockbusters reign and yesterday's classics are forgotten. Three women intend to remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials in the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch older movies and review them from our modern, everyday perspectives. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And today, we are talking about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, from 1991, directed by Stephen Herrick and written by Neil Landau and Tara Eisen. This is a nostalgia movie, guys. We decided we're gonna do a few nostalgic movies, so this is one of them. (laughs) I feel like it's Tracy's birthday part two because this is legitimately one of my favorite movies. You and honestly, it so much. All the time, and I never thought we would be able to do it, so I never suggested it. And then Serena, out of nowhere, was like, hey, let's watch this movie. And Betsy said yes! <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, quick synopsis, Serena, go. Oh, snap. Snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. All right. So I just finished this movie. So it is fresh in my head and I have a lot to say. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and simmer it down. Okay. All right. Early nineties. Classic. The music, everything, the setting, the everything. So we, we enter this family with uh, five children and mom decides she's going to go on a summer vacation to Australia and the kids are going to stay home alone. They're all excited. Well, boom, mom gets a babysitter. This like hundred year old, like granny looks all nice. Mom drives away. Granny's like all strict, definitely like had a heart attack or something after seeing one of the kids rooms with all like the paraphernalia and stuff. And the kids literally like, okay, well we have to hide her body so that mom doesn't come back from Australia early etc so they literally drive this woman to the morgue (laughs) put a note on her forget that there's a bunch of that don't know that all the money for the summer is in her pocket or whatever so uh the oldest two flip for getting a job the oldest daughter takes the reins gets a job da 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 she ends up landing this like accidental like well-paying position she's 17 years old mind you and uh, so she ends up working instead of like going to the beach all summer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, chaos ensues. Craziness is happening. She ends up like pulling this whole thing off, saving a company, et cetera, et cetera. Love interest in there somewhere and moving on. Uh, everything works out. And the mom, uh, is that not the closing line? The mom's like, wait, where's the babysitter? Yeah. <laughs> mom comes back um, and everything kind of works itself out but it was crazy because like the kids were out of control and bad behaved and then mom goes away and the eldest two kind of take the reins and somehow whip these this whole everything the house the kids everything into shape and I'm like I can get I can get behind this I can get I can get with this first off good job Serena good Good job job. good job and that's why I was a little surprised that one you hadn't seen it before or like that you didn't have the inclin inclination to see it because like, I, I'm sure this movie spoke to you on many levels. <laughs> oh, my God. I was literally, like, channeling my inner Christina Applegate. I was like, I I feel this a thousand percent in my the depths of my soul. Okay, well, objectively speaking, 
What did we think of this movie? It, it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect it's period. Just flawless. Period. I recommend it. Double podcast. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap. We'll see you next week. It's so crazy that I've never seen this. I'm so you, happy you guys made me watch this. Had you heard of it? Did you under like? Did you have a reference point for it at least? I've heard of it. I've seen um scenes from it i've seen trailers i've seen people dress up as costumes of the people i mean the classic really? costumes the classic costumes i've seen like in the past have been uh the christina applegate in the um fast food restaurant get up and i've seen somebody oh. else in her um wow. little like goofy like beret you know the classic 1991 <gasps> like businesswoman hat that she had um, I mean, I think about it, like all the personalities of Christina Applegate in this movie that you can dress up as, like there's Seriously. like 10 or, or 15 different epic costumes. Yeah. Like I might be doing this for Halloween. I, what year did Clueless come out? Because I feel like 93, I think. Similar. Similar outfits, yeah. You're right. It's That's also very iconic early 90s. Clueless yeah. was 95 actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still that, it's very... Iconic. I like that. How else to describe it? It's just so iconically nineties. Which was surprising because they actually filmed this in like eighty nine or something. Right. Um, right. It's like how the nineties didn't end until two thousand three. Right. Right. But this was. But it wasn't eighties. It was. It was nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Well, and it's interesting. Like, yes, it's so nineties. We identify it as so nineties. But if you really look at the individual fashion moments, they actually are very much holdovers from the eighties and in interesting ways. Like, yeah, okay. They're updated versions of eighties, especially the working girl outfits and especially Kenny's outfits. I feel like those are actually very the late eighties punk moving over into. Yeah, I was gonna say that's just like grunge. It's pre-grunge, post-punk. It's that weird, yeah, in between era. All right, well, let's jump in. Top of the marquee, what was everyone's favorite part? I know, Tracy's like, the whole thing. The whole thing. Like, I had such a hard time picking one. But I go back to our, our little, like, caveat that's like, okay, what did you pick up this time? Um, so there were two moments that were a new notice for me. And one of them was the fashion. And I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. steal Serena's or whatever. But it surprised me how much I still really liked the fashion. Yeah. And it wasn't so much the fashion that she was designing that was like over the top fashion, but the the outfits that she wore to like work, I really liked. Yeah. She had like a, um, some of the dresses she wore were really nice. I'm obsessed with the boots that she was wearing when her mom was leaving for the airport. I I want those boots. Were they, I didn't like- they were green Doc Martens. Like yeah. they were, I don't know. So I, I, and some of the things that she wore to work, like take out the shoulder pads and they'd still be pretty, I don't know, fashionable. I, I yeah. think well, maybe yeah. I, that's, maybe that's cluing into my horrible fashion sense. In no, 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 because 90s are so in right now. Like I could absolutely yeah. see some 20 somethings wearing these outfits now. Yeah, absolutely. But in, in no world and no decade, has shoulder pads ever been, in my opinion, acceptable. (laughs) So that's my favorite. And then another part that, this time it's my favorite because I didn't notice it before and it was a problem that I had always had with the movie and this fixed it, was I always felt like 
she was taking advantage of the secretary, Kathy. Yes. And it always bothered me. And I'm like, I know she's offering. I know you're being nice. And I eventually swell does get busy doing other things. But when it first, when she first asked her to do the report, it was because she didn't know how to do it. And she wasn't doing anything. Um, but in like, and it's soft and it's kind of like chatter conversation, but she does say, I think, I think she goes, I'm the secretary for sales. I think she said, yeah. and like, we've, they've already talked about in a previous conversation with Rose that sales are down. And Kathy reiterates that with, I am a secretary for sales and, and it's really quiet right now because sales are down. So she I said, had, she said it's boring. Oh, it's boring. Yeah. So she had nothing. She legit, and I've been at work where there's nothing to do. And you're like, honestly, I'd rather be doing something because my time goes quicker. Give me, so, yeah. give me a spreadsheet. I will do the spreadsheet. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. So she's, I mean, she is kind of taking advantage of her, but she's like, no, please give me, please give me work to do, which kind of fixed that relationship for me, which made it so much better. So there you go. Well, and I also, I, in, in, in my head, in like, you know, in made up land, but made up Betsy land. <laughs> After Sue Ellen has to leave the job, I think, I feel like Kathy takes over as Rose's new assistant. Yes, absolutely. That is canon for me, especially because she goes, I applied for the job, but my resume wasn't good enough. Yeah. And, and now, now she's that, done the QED report. Exactly. So they're good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I was good. thinking that kind of all along because I was like, there's no way this is sustainable. Swell's going back to school in the fall. This all is basically like a considerable like internship, so to speak, for yes, um, her resume, her real resume. Yeah. So, and I was thinking, I'm like, well, it's not all going to be for nothing. That's for sure. Like, this is going to have to end up being something. Well, I mean, the thing that it ended up being was a way for her to learn about life and mature and all that stuff. Yeah. So, it was, you know, it yeah. wasn't like career specific. You know, right? It was. It was the definition classic coming of age story absolutely yes yeah yes okay serena what was your favorite part okay i'm not allowed to say the second line that i wrote everything about this movie love this movie love all the parts tracy i'm reiterating what you said when you said the fashion was basically iconic you, you guys know how i feel about the clothes i mean our last the last movie we watched the same thing the viva las vegas movie i'm like i'm obsessed with the fashion i can't deal a closing party scene where she basically pulls it all off. There's a little bit of a hiccup on like the, okay, he comes in with the big food truck, but that whole pool party, I mean, guys, I know it's not realistic that they got the whole house in order. They like power washed and repainted the house, like scrubbed the pool, fixed the whole pool, filled it up, turned it into this like giant epic, like backyard oasis gala. <laughs> okay. I know it's not fully realistic, but like, like it was pretty freaking epic. Like it was epic. And like once they once they had everybody out there and like once they came into and opened up to that scene, I was like, dang, they really like they did a number on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes. Definitely one of my favorite scenes. It was just it was almost like uh it's all been coming to this moment. And I wanted to know what the heck was gonna happen. I'm like, okay, how is she gonna pull this off? This whole thing is crazy. What even, does she even have, like, I wasn't even clear if she had her license at first. I was like, is she just, like, taking this old lady's car to work each day? And then, like, you know, the car got stolen, so that didn't happen. But it was just crazy. And then, like, when we finally got to that scene and, like, her, her execution on that speech in the, in the intro of the model, you know, literally they had, like, runway models, which were her friends, dressed up in these uniforms. And 
like they did an epic job i'm like acting like this is real life and this like she really got her shot here okay so here's my only comment negative comment about this movie uh, suspension of disbelief. Obviously, you need to have healthy, healthy amount of that for any movie. But there's always that line where, like, something goes above and beyond my suspension of disbelief, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And the one thing for me in this movie is the uniforms that she is showcasing at the end, because those yeah. are not regulation uniforms. The regulation won't magically change just because you had this new wonderful fashion like line to deal with. No, there's still regulations for nurses and regulations for referees. Oh my god, that <laughs> one, made no that, sense to me. That one scene with the nurse costume, I was like, what the hoe is happening? It, yeah, to, and to take that further, I thought they were trying to seduce, this is the wrong word. What is, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, selling sex. Ice. Entice. Entice. Yeah, they're trying to entice the school board. So I thought they yeah. were going to have interesting school uniforms. And the schools kind of decide what the uniforms can be. Right, so right. it should have been, it should have been school uniforms. And then, then you're, you could kind of, you know, have fun with that. Yes. Yes. Love it. So Serena, that was your favorite part? I mean, that was one of them. The other thing that I liked is that the other secretary, the fast food boy's sister that worked there. Carolyn. God, she's such a Karen. She, I loved that uh, Christina Applegate, Sue Ellen kept like poning her without even trying, just like kind of, not like got away with it, but like Rose liked Sue Ellen so much and she disliked Carolyn so much that none of the in-betweens mattered. So one of my favorite parts of the movie too, like I I guess I should have mentioned this, is the the women Mm -hmm. in charge. Not just a woman in charge, but having a boss that backs you up. So I think it it was a combination of her disliking Carolyn so much and having a boss that that is there, that agrees with you, that trusts you to do your job. And no matter what Carolyn, like, I hate those, like, even though, even though Carolyn honestly was right about a lot, like, everything she said was right, but... She was so nasty about it. She was so nasty about it. And nobody likes a snitch. Nobody likes a tattletale. Like, right. how is that helping your cause? Right. It's, it's not putting you in the better graces of your boss. It's not helping save the company. It's, you know what I mean? So even though yeah. Sue Ellen got away with it and Carolyn, but, you know, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but. No, I do know where you were going with it. And I will say that it was on, it is on my list as one of my favorite parts is Rose as a character. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. Love she, Rose. Like you were saying, she, she was a good boss. She, like you said, she trusted Sue Ellen to, to know what she was doing. But she also was like, don't worry about it. If you don't know what you're doing, we can help you like learn. And she totally understood all that. But at the same time, she was like, like lifting up Sue Ellen. Like you can do this. You have the smarts. We can, you know. It was yeah, supportive. You don't see female bosses in movies like that. I love her. I love her. Yeah, she's like, that's the boss you dream of having. Yeah, yeah. And because she's like, I don't know. She, you like her, and she well, sticks and up for you. And I was gonna say, it's it's women raising up women. Yes. Uh, yes not only yeah. not only bosses but i feel like women in general 
she, when Gus was hitting on Suellen and Suellen finally told her about it and was like, here is the evidence. Even though she didn't really know Suellen all that well, she immediately believed her. Mm-hmm. She, she was like, it, it, it was women supporting women. It was even unclear. Like, I feel like, I don't know if like the camera, like the, it was meant to be this way, but like, we didn't know which way Rose was going to go. And we kept waiting. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I kept waiting for Rose to turn on her. Because that's right. what I was expecting, yep. right. and it never so, happened. Yeah, there, there were two, yeah, two parts, one with Gus and then one with Carolyn, where you're right, the cameraman kind of focused on Rose, and she could have gone either way. You were like, oh gosh, yeah. what is she thinking? And I was just waiting for that other shoe to drop, and it never came, and she even wrapped the, the last closing scene for Rose was, you know, are we getting dinner? Let's get dinner on Monday. Like, she was so She was going to pull some strings for Vassar, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hello, yeah. hello. Yeah. I know, I'm like more concerned about the dinner. <laughs> but <laughs> we did have a little women versus women, like the Sue Ellen versus Carolyn, but it was just because she was a bit. Yeah, was, basically. Uh, you had uh, Kathy. Kathy, they were good, they were buddies. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. it's also, I feel like it's also a somewhat rare example of a non negative view of, the, of office work life. Mm, because like like, yes you had Gus which was like a big issue and still very relevant and like in a way I actually loved that because it was so overt and you're like yes Yes. this is real but she didn't hate working in an office she wasn't like oh get me out from behind the desk the way that every other movie is yes Yes. and it in fact encouraged her like yeah I, I I can have a job like this I can be an adult like this you know so this all leads, kind of leads into my favorite part, which, I mean, I had, I wrote down fashion, I wrote down Rose, but I, and this is going to be kind of like meta, but I really like watching these movies as adults, as an adult. My favorite part yeah. is watching movies from my childhood as an adult, because I, I relate to it in a completely different way. Like we were saying, mm-hmm. we were talking about like, um, Tracy and I at least work in offices. Like we, there were so many moments where we're like, yes this yes I've been here I've, I've had that frustration um and then also like at the, even what even the, the babysitter uh, most of what the babysitter was saying I'm like yes I agree with the babysitter this is a, yeah. this is not the worst woman in the world honestly like she was nasty but she like she gave them like like part of like the horribleness of her was that she had a chore chart and everyone had to do like two chores a day <laughs> I mean really I, mean, I do that you know? I do that with the kids. So I don't know. There, it was just it's it's always just so interesting watching these movies as an adult because you you just catch completely different things. Or like even like as an adult, you pick up on the cucumber comment. <laughs> like, you know? Oh my god, died. <laughs> that so was the that, one thing that stood out. That is the marking I think of a brilliant movie. Is is something that is is good for a younger audience for like things go over their heads and it's fine, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the adults catch it. And something that you can go back and watch. Because yes. honestly, there are some movies that I remember loving as a kid and me going back and watching being like, wow, that is a trash movie. Why did I like it? And the reason I like it is because I, I used to like it. But Right, right. Okay. Wheel of questions, guys. For the first time, we landed on Personal Wedge. This is where we are going to give a shout out to a secondary character who may not have, you know, gotten all the acclaim that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So, um... I think that I, I'm going to go first. I'm going to yep. go first because we've yeah. already talked about my, my favorite shout out okay. secondary character and it's Kathy, of course, uh, played by Kimmy Snap. Robertson. Snap. Yes. And Wait, reason, which one's Kathy again? The secretary, oh, the, secretary. the friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
And it's only because I, I am, I am Kathy. Like my life is spreadsheets and yeah, I'm bored. Give me, give me something to do. I'll do the QED report. No problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you around. She's very sweet. She's like, you know, had no You're problem. You're trying to use the fax machine. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yep. I liked Kathy. Tracy, who was your favorite secondary? I mean, do we need to even? X-Files. <laughs> David Duchovny. Um, <laughs> David Duchovny is in this movie. Nope. I mean, he is this so is cute. X-Files David Duchovny. I mean, he, so plays, un- he plays a complete and utter asshole. Like, like classic, oh, yeah. like, just a, horrible. Horrible. The funniest, he's so funniest, cute. funniest part is he, I don't think I've seen this movie since I started working in an office. So all the titles that they were saying didn't mean anything to me. Like, I didn't understand what they were. So when she's like, first off, First off, he interrupts her on a phone call. Granted, she's talking to Kenny, but even if you're the lowest of the lowest person on the totem pole, if you are on the phone, you don't interrupt somebody because you don't know, even if you're, like I said, the lowest secretary of whatever, it you wasn't be talking to like a boss or whomever. Like, right. And it wasn't abundantly clear that she was talking to Kenny. No, like, no, She it was wasn't. still saying like profit margin or something like right. that. Something she was, she was like covering it up she, or whatever. She was also smoking a cigarette and I thought that was freaking hilarious. I'm sorry. I, I should have put that as one of my favorite scenes. I totally forgot. She was like, I'm sorry, who are you and what do you do here? Yeah, and that's so when she says, what do you do here? And he's like, um, Bruce, I'm the head, head inventory, inventory clerk. clerk. And I, during the, I lost it because now I, I understand the ranking of people in an office and he is like, so far, so far down. <laughs> Well, he walked in like he was someone important, and I was right, waiting for, like, a big title to come out, like, uh, you know, CEO, assistant, blah, 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 he's and, nothing, like, nothing. It, he just walked in, like, he waltzed in, he's like, I'm sorry, where's the other uh, regular that, you know, Yeah. and he was, like, holding his hands, like, I thought he was holding hands, like, he was holding boobs, like, he was, like, the one with the big boobs. Yeah, he was, he was, okay. and I want to say that this was a good example of, like, that, like, white male privilege, like, yes. it doesn't matter yep. who I am, I'm better than you are. Yes. And then she immediately, she has no idea who he is. And she immediately goes, who are you? And what is your, and like has the, the, the forethought to ask him what his, like, who, what he does. Yeah. And yeah. he responds and she's like, well, I'm the, and you know, the, whatever. It was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment it, to cap it all off. It's prime David Duchovny yeah. minus the hair. That scene is, is directly proceeding when you realize who he's really dating, which is Carolyn. Carolyn, which they have, they're, they're made for each other. Yes. Oh yeah. They, they, and I'm like, you know what? Yep. Um, so Serena, who was your uh, personal wedge shout out? So my personal wedge, I'm sorry. I don't know. Like this goes against all like nanny things, but the little sibling that broke his leg, he was such a little Walter. He, he was, was such a little, little SAT. <laughs> Jinx, jinx. Oh my god. He was a total <laughs> SAT, but I was like, you know what? Like, he was up there doing Radio Shack on the roof. Did you see him trying to install an antenna on the roof? Did anyone else pick up on that epicness? Like, that would, to me, stood out. This MF fell off of a roof of a house because he was trying to install an antenna after- He will stop at nothing for television. 
Um, I also have to say about Walter because um, all, all the, yeah, any, anyway, what I have to say about him is he wears the dinosaur shirt in every single scene except for the party when I think he puts like the, a white shirt on or something yeah. like that. <laughs> which, uh, which one my is My brother 100% owned that shirt. Yeah. And he had that quintessential early 90s or mid 90s, like, little boy haircut. The bowl cut. He, it's the bowl cut. The bowl he cut. had the little boy haircut. Zach had the teenage, part in the middle, like, oh, yeah, like Zach Morris hair. I uh, saw on his yep. IMDb page that he was good friends with Le uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, yes, that's okay. Leonardo DiCaprio yes. hair right there. Absolutely. That is exactly yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I want to shout out to, um, I believe, Kenny's best friend, Lizard. I think it's Lizard, who's like the only friend that really kind of has lines. There was a moment where you're like, I know this kid. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think I do. Okay. But he, even though at one point they're like, oh, I, I could call my friends, but we don't have any money. And they're like, he, and, and Sue Ellen is like, you have to pay your friends to come like be your friend. And he's like, yeah. I think Lizard is the only one that's his his actual friend because they kind of talk about the future a little bit mm -hmm. and they kind of talk about girls a little bit and then they talk about well maybe I'll actually go to class this year because they're you know I've realized that there's more to life than just sitting around getting high mm -hmm. and Lizard yeah. is the only one that's like you know what maybe you're right so I have to shout shout out to Lizard you if I have his you name right that's fair what that's fair wait a minute wait a minute. <laughs> How has this movie influenced or been influenced by other movies? So I don't have specific examples, but what I will say is that this is an interesting in-between period because it was post-80s teen movies, but pre-90s teen movies. Yes. So yep. it had this really interesting cross-section because they're giving you a different theme than the 80s teen movies. Yep. But it's still, there are still tones of that style you know yep. so they actually had asked john hughes to direct this i was just gonna say it, you can definitely see a little bit of john hughes in this movie but um but it was beyond that it was it was beyond those brat pack movies it so it was i think it's because it entered into that like um the dark comedy a little bit yes um it, it is it's just unique i think maybe that's why i mean i don't think it did that well in the box office but it has become a cult classic it has all right, we're going to move on. Two, ladies, please remove your hats and silence your cell phones. How does this film hold up? I think it does. Yeah, I think we've kind of sprinkled in reasons for yeah. this whole thing. Um, and I, so I just want to go back to Gus for a second mm, because we yes. haven't really talked too much about it, but yeah. it's, it's almost more relevant today. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Couldn't, yeah, I was waiting. I was like, I hope someone brings up Gus, please. That and the cigarettes, please. I mean, I, me. the only word that perfectly describes him is cringy. Yes. Like it's, oh, it's God, the so overtly bad. It was so on the money that yeah. it made me think that because the there are two writers on this and one of them is a woman and I'm like, because he kept saying if not i'm just kidding yes 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 that's oh yeah yeah it 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 was over exaggerated but we're not stupid it was, it was just less subtle it was just it was, less subtle it, than yes, reality yeah yeah exactly exactly 
she really owns this character, Sue Ellen Dutt. You know what I mean? She, she, does she not doesn't take, falter. No, no. Nope. I mean, she kind of holds her tongue a little bit, but then when he's like, he says like, oh, you know, we could be in postcoital bliss right now. She immediately, instead of, you know, using fancy words to whatever, she's like, are you saying you want to have sex with me? Yeah. Like she immediately yeah. is like, is this what you're saying? Is this what you're proposing? And that's when he's like, oh, no, no, no. unless you want to. The, yeah. Otherwise, I'm kidding. Like, yeah. he, he immediately calls him out on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked that. I know. I think that's why I like her character so much, too. So Sue Allen annoys me in a lot of ways, but the way she handles Gus and the way she handles Carolyn, going back to Carolyn yep. for a second, because Carolyn, like, obviously we've talked about Carolyn. We know that she is little. Mm-hmm. But at no point does Sue Ellen reciprocate with that level of animosity. Yep. Every time she's having a conversation with Carolyn, she might be a little snippy, but she doesn't, she just continues having the conversation like a normal human being, you yeah. know? Right, she, right. She doesn't, she doesn't lower herself to, to Carolyn. No, she level. doesn't like try to sabotage her. Like she didn't mean to take this job from her. Right, right. Um, and Carolyn, I, I want... I feel bad for her, but she's such a jerk that I'm like, my, the one point going to her that I feel like in the future when they're, you know, sister-in-laws or whatever, she, ha- she they could potentially be friends, is when Carolyn gets the phone call from the hospital that Walter, she immediately, she doesn't like try to like use that as yeah. leverage of any kind. She immediately is concerned for her. Yeah. Like, she's like, it's the hospital. Like, here, please, like, yeah. immediately take the phone. There's no like... I'm going to hold this over you or make fun of you or whatever. Right. So there, yeah, there like, is a soul in there. She's just a little she's bitter. buried very deeply. And maybe if she gets away very, from Bruce. Very, deep. You know. Buried yeah, maybe there. Bruce is a bad influence on her. I don't maybe, know. Uh, maybe it's all on him. Do you know how That's much that hurt me that I threw David Duchovny under the bus right wow. there? Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. Again, I don't really know where to put this either, but uh, there was a, I think it's relevant. Um, there was a role reversal which I think we're trying to normalize right now, like the stay-at-home dad and the working mom. So yep. there was a, a good role reversal where she was the businesswoman bringing in the, the money and he was the stay-at-home dad. I'm sick and tired of not being appreciated. <laughs> I just love this. I don't know what trope this is, but... It's the joke on the housewife, but Keith Coogan, like, went all in on it yeah it's the role reversal of not just the housewife but of like the parent child yeah and he and they both had these valid arguments of you know oh your your life is easier no your life is easier and it's like no we're it's a rat race we just need to work together type thing right Okay, so let's move into Boom, We Fixed It, because I want to go back to Kennedy, Kenny a little bit, because I mm-hmm. feel like, like, nothing really needs to be fixed, and, and the, the fixes we were giving throughout the movie, um, changing the runway fashion show to school uniforms instead, yep. and Kathy getting the job at the end, like, those are very little, little things that, you know, would just make the, make the movie better. So the only thing that I would maybe change is we would get more of Kenny's story, more of Kenny's transition from being the lazy stoner to the French chef mom Mm -hmm. and kind of seeing that progression a little bit more because I- Specifically the French chef mom, love it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. specifically. Specifically, I love That was all he was watching the whole time. Um, But it's, but 
one, because like you were saying, the role reversal, it would just driven home that theme of the role reversal even mm -hmm. more. It would have been a really interesting story to watch. Um, anyway, so what does everyone else have for Boom, We've Extinct? So the mom shows up at the end and that's the, that's the killer. Like, like Kenny interrupts her speech to tell her that mom's home. Yeah. And she, and the premise is she's going to be upset and, and Sue Ellen and everybody's going to be in trouble because they're having this party, but it's not a party. It is an event. It's not. You know what I mean? And it's not like there are kids drinking beer and jumping off the roof into the pool. Not that I yeah. know that from life experience. Um, <laughs> but um, they, the house is immaculate. There's food on yep. the table, nice food. The kids are all doing like they're in uniforms and doing what, like they're all behaving. Yep. There are adults here sitting in chairs. The pool is gorgeous and it probably hasn't been filled since who knows when. Yep. And she's yep. giving this very nice speech. So yes, I would still be like, what is going on here? But I would just, I would just sit back and wait. I yep. wouldn't like, and I know that's the whole point is to kind of interrupt her or whatever, but there's nothing inherently wrong in what she's doing. Yeah. Like, but have we, I mean, at no point does the mother make a good decision in this movie. No. And I, I oh, will, she really I, I'm waiting for notes roundup because that's half of my notes yeah. that I want to discuss. So yeah. this mother, I, I, everything about this mother, I disagree with. She's so. consistently a bad mother. <laughs> she's consistently a bad mother. Yeah. And I would give up all of those things for someone never to make a remake of this yes, movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know my rule with remakes, and it often, it very rarely does it, which is yeah. you do not make a remake unless it, you make it better. Yeah. That's and the rule. If, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know what I, I do kind of like is like the, the spinoffs of, where all of the kids are now and it's like fuller house did with full house i'm sorry i really like that they did a good they, job they did a really good job how yeah. and so if they did something like that something where like we get to see we had to follow kenny's story as an adult or you know whatever yeah. 30 years later mm -hmm. my god yep. is it really 30 years jesus is it really 30 years since 91 my god i know wow yep. um, okay so notes roundup guys Sorry, my mind is just in mush. <laughs> um, no, it's random. Okay. Let's talk about the opening cartoon for a second. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was very short, very brief, but, Tra and Tracy, you said this during the movie, there was this moment where all the movies were doing this. Yeah. Randomly. Yep. Yep. Grease. Yeah. Grease. Oh, yeah. Grease. Grease. Grease is a yep. good example. Yep. I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Even, okay, this is even older. Um, well, Greece was 70s? Yes. yes. Um, the Parent Trap also had that. Yes, yes I remember that. A little, a little bit different, a little bit different, but yeah. I don't, I wonder if this is um, a throwback to when movies would have, like, the cartoon in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it's completely separate from the movie. They would have, wouldn't they have, like, an intro or something? Yes. I don't know if it's that. I feel like there's always been movies that start with cartoons for some weird reason. I don't know what the choice is there. There, it, there has to be I a think, reason yeah, behind it. Yeah, I think it. There, there is. There's got to yeah. be some history that we're missing. Yeah. Um, other notes I have. Um, can we talk about how it used to be way easier to fake a resume? <laughs> 
Oh my god. Nobody right? had the internet to like look up your crap. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Unless you're gonna call all those numbers. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um I, on on that same note, that's it this was another movie with a quintessential looking for a job montage. Yes. Yes. And speaking of montages, because there was a second montage towards the end, which I think was um when she's preparing for the presentation. Mm, oh no, no, yeah. no, no. When they're fixing up the house, the fixing up the house oh, yeah. montage. Yep. That was the good one. Yeah. They have oh, the, and montage. like yeah. Montages are good. Oh I, montages. Well montages placed. Are, well, well placed. Yeah, I was gonna say they're good. Um, but yeah, it was the looking for the job because it's always that like the 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 in the paper help wanted and like the circles and the X's outs yes. and the yes. Um, and then her, using the typewriter to like fake her resume. Typewriter. She had proper she I had noticed proper that. hands. I appreciated that. That means that at some point Christina Applegate had secretarial lessons. That's all I'm <laughs> <Yep>. saying. <laughs> nostalgia vibes right there just the typewriter alone that scene you know any other notes anybody has um small note is that this is also something that people learn that society hasn't really caught on to is that 99.9 percent of any job is on the job experience you don't really need to go to college for half these things in college's defense it does help you with like growing up and like that critical thinking that you could, you know, do something, stick with it, you know, pass a grade, that kind of thing. But the actual degree that you can learn. Right. Right. So that's all it does. You know, it's really not like, anyway, on the job learning. Yes. So (laughs) Um, there's also be something that said that at the end of the movie, Rose was like, oh, they loved your presentation and they even complimented me for hiring a younger person for a younger's point of view. I think there's something to be said to that, that companies Mm -hmm. should um, Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. consult the younger generation because we are now the the consumers. We are the future. And not just our our generation, because I think our generation now needs to listen to a younger generation. I think there's something to be said about that. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. Another note I have is... This was a movie where I thought there was an appropriate pacing of their dating life. Mm-hmm. I it wasn't I like a it wasn't an, an automatic I love you. You know what I mean? It wasn't like and now we're dating and now we're together and we're gonna have babies and get married. It was a teenage like oh we work together oh you know and he kind of and she it was a, like an awkward like when he he um, asked her out on a date she had to ask and clarify like oh is this a date? And he's like, and he was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And then they kind of had like an awkward first kiss. It wasn't like this. I mean, it was a cute kiss, but like, it wasn't this perfect, like, let's, you know, it, it, they kind of messed it up because they, they messed talked it up. about it. Was it. Cute. Yeah. it was, but because of that, it was then adorable. It was real. Which, it, it was real. And then like his dates weren't these fancy dinners. It was, let's go to the beach. Let's go to a Target or what, like a whatever toy store where they were at and they were just hanging out and then like he stopped and brought like a throwback which I love throwbacks to their first awkward kiss where he says I think now is another good moment and they were like bouncing on you know and then they they actually they didn't kiss because the manager caught them and told them to get out but like it was I thought it was an adorably cute progression of a relationship Mm -hmm. and they they even had a fight and to a point where he thought they broke up and she's like we had a fight it's fine I don't know I liked the realistic or I don't know maybe not really realistic but you know 
Except it was for being a movie. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't like an over exaggerated romance or whatever. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. And they were 17. Like that's yeah. an appropriate 17 year old relationship. Uh, and then, okay, so my big note is the mother's bad parenting skills. Oh, oh right. So I had issues with the mother through the entire thing. First off, she goes, they're like, oh, why are you going to Australia? First off, leaving your kids for two months with, they thought alone and they were cool with it. Yeah. Then with a babysitter that this, like, they didn't know her. Like, the mom didn't even know her. Right. Like, it's not, it felt like she was interviewing her on the spot. On the spot. Yeah. And Kenny, granted, Kenny was kind of, you know, took off, but he didn't even meet the babysitter until she was dead. Yeah. Like, I hate to judge a mom, like a single mom raising five kids, having a job, but her five kids, ready? One isn't like granted that they might not have money and I college isn't the end all be all as I've said you, you don't need to go to college but she doesn't even know what she wants to do with her life she smokes right in front of her mom and apparently that's not a problem because the mom doesn't care and I mean it is the 90s I mean granted a lot of people do smoke but they know it's bad for you yeah. so it's not so that's just an accepted thing we've got a d yeah. student who is a pothead and not just a pothead but like grows pot in his I mean granted Pot, pot what you ever you think of it but like clearly is ruining his life type pot like that's all he does yeah We've and, got his, a, and his like his i feel like his mother has never seen his bedroom before right. yeah <laughs> it gave the grandmother it gave the babysitter a heart attack and again like i want to i don't want to judge people i am all for like your own fashion your own you know what i mean like but this is to a yeah. point where it's like this is where your parents kind of rein you in so you can have appropriate yeah. self-expression or yeah. so you know what i mean like yeah, no, um, there was no, there was no reigning in of any kind, and so then, so that's 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 the oldest two. We've got the klepto, who's like this. He's what fourteen, fifteen, who has like a serious girlfriend, super serious girlfriend. Like that's again, my brother and and his now wife, I think, were dating at that point, but they weren't like creepy, like in the whatever was car, going on. Like, yeah, and he was stealing money from his mom, like like gave so her the yeah. diamond. Right, no. right. Like, it has no regard to whatever. Um, I have no problem with, like, the the tomboy aspect of that. It was more so the pyromania of the girl just catching things on fire. Um, oh, I forgot all about that. And then we've got the couch potato, who only apparently wears one shirt and, like, doesn't do anything, doesn't go outside. Again, that's, like, a generation thing. You can you can definitely be obsessed with TV. I mean, I was, you know what I mean? Like, but, like... What is going but, on with your okay. kids right here? I grew up obsessed yeah. with TV. My my mother would unground me. She would not let me in the house until like eight dinner time because right. I needed like, to be outside because and, she had to be a mother. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, you need to, again, I have no children and I shouldn't be judging single moms, but you help around the house. You have chores. Like the, nothing they did. Like he could, they just went out with their friends without emptying the dishwasher or doing no, there was no parent-child uh, relationship um, mentality or dynamic whatsoever. Like, it was literally just chaos, dysfunction. And I mean, I, I almost um, think, yeah, the babysitter dying was the best thing that ever happened because they actually had to grow up. Like, I feel right. like it forced them to realize that, oh, I, this is why she asked me to do this, to help out around the house. And it's really hard to have a job and, and run a household. Except that only like, the two oldest learned that lesson. The three younger yeah. ones did not learn that lesson. Well, they were listening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did help clean. 
Um, they were listening to order at the end. I mean, that last scene, like all the yeah. kids were whipped into shape. It was like something out of Sound of Music, and I was like, "Somebody get me and, my like, whistle." The, the house was no longer dirty, so that means like they were at least I don't know. And all the work they did to get the house in order, um, I think, was the the transition for. But you're right; the oldest two learned the most, and I feel the younger kids just kind of like fell into line because they were probably following suit. Um, well, because Kenny with. Kenny and Kenny says um because his excuse why they were acting because because Sue Ellen was like why are you doing this why are you stealing from me and he's like well we learned from example you were actually stealing from work so we're stealing from you yeah so so he kind of made that that point in a roundabout way that's fair. and yeah. that might go to Betsy's boom I fixed it if you focus more on the household of what's going on with the other kids yes yeah all right I'm done I'm out good job Serena, did you have any other notes? Uh, you guys covered it all. You took the words right out of my heart. Oh, do we want to mention, so just fun fact, Kenny Coogan is grandson of Jackie Coogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just fun, fun little fact. Mm -hmm. Kenny, was, Kenny who? I'm sorry, Keith Coogan was okay. grandson of Jackie Coogan. He played I Kenny. I love Keith Coogan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love he, him. It's funny because he had a moment when he was a teenager. That was it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've, I haven't seen him in anything since. All right. I think we're ready for a martini shot. I'm going to go with yes on my martini shot, obviously. Okay. Oh, true. Absolute yes. Add this to the top of your list. Please <laughs> watch it. If any of the movies that I feel like that we recommended, I feel like this one is just an easy, easy recommend. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't, we didn't go into quotes. I don't know what you guys have for quotes, but the cucumber quote made me laugh. I mean, the other one, and I won't say the whole thing. Um, no, I've never been to Santa Barbara. Oh, classic. Oh, yeah, you that were going so for that. Good. That was so a great good. one. Yeah. Uh, uh, but of um, course, no, no, I was going to no, say, of course, no. Tracy quotes this movie all the time. Tracy, what is your favorite quote? I'm right on top of that, Rose. I'm right I mean, on top of that, Rose. It's iconic. I love that. It's iconic. It's just like, it, it, it says everything you need to say. Yeah. I honestly think it's a brilliant strategy. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a meeting before the meeting, like, like, I just want to let you know that this is, I just want to be on uh, the same page. If I ask you something, this is what you say. So we look good as a company or as a team, right? Right. which, yeah. you know. Great. Well, and that goes back to Rose being an office boss. She really yeah. was looking at the two of them as a team. They yes. were a team yeah. yes. working in this office. Yeah. Yep, yep. Like I've got yeah, your I back, but you got to get mine. And, and she did. It was, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I didn't get that at first. It took me a beat because I was still waiting for that other shoe to drop and it never dropped because yeah. Rose was a you're class so used act. To, you're so used to bosses in movies being horrible people. Yeah. yeah and they're and sometimes not. Really a lot of them are not. And it goes back to um, she's, they treat each other like equals. Even though they're not, she's clearly the boss. But when we first meet Rose, she goes, oh, where did Carolyn go? And Swell doesn't know who she is, but she's like, oh, the, you know, whatever she says, talking out of her face or whatever, yeah. whatever the, the insult or whatever. But it was because Rose was kind of insulting her too, but they immediately bonded. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I think you, I'm not doing this to impress you. I think we're, we're just talking as, as human beings. And yeah. when, yeah. All right. I think we talked this out. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can find more great episodes over on our website, www.millennialsatthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts. 
curious about updates, extras from our episodes, or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. Check us out and make sure to follow us. So until next time, we're millennials. And we'll see you at the movie house. No, I've never been to Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs>